it up. Try to avoid this little shot right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I have a tire. I'm, I'm just talking to them like that. You know? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, all right. And we're live from New Image Brewing over in Arbata, California. I got a Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> you guys know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm here with uh, Gavin. What was your last name? I'm sorry. Gavin Estes. Gavin Estes. Over one of the partners over here at New Image. So I wasn't here yesterday, and actually, like the logo kind of got me. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna talk to you guys a little bit. So I see like the the wheat grain in the middle of yeah. it. Can you explain a little bit about? Uh, totally. Logo? Yeah. So, um, well, just to kind of start with one of our larger missions for the brewery is uh, mental health, and so like the new image and the grain all fall into one like growth category. So um, it's it's kind of like each year that the grain grows, it grows back stronger. Nice. And so it's always like the ability to like be a stronger individual. Um, yeah, from from like early adolescence and then all the way through adulthood, we just change so many times and we morph into who we are, but we constantly become stronger and stronger with our own self. Like that, okay. Yeah, so that's the grain, is, it's like the infinity grain. So just like the ability to always recreate yourself and like have a new image. Okay. If that makes sense. Actually, cool. Yeah. Uh, so I want to know a little bit about the like origins of New Image. So I was reading a little bit last night. It was uh, started out with like an in, like an engineering job at Andrew Bush. Right. And evolved from there. You guys were doing some work in Atlanta. Right. So how did the what is the origins of New Image? So Brandon Caps, he's like the founder and brewer. Okay. Um, essentially, when he was in engineering school at Georgia Tech, he ended up starting with an internship program at Anheuser Busch, okay. and so he was there for a couple of years working working with a gentleman by the name of Danny Kahn, and Danny ran everything Anheuser Busch, and then when Brandon decided that he was going to start homebrewing, that's when like the passion for beer came with it. So engineering at Anheuser Busch, but then started brewing while he was there, nice. okay. um, and then. And then, uh, yeah, Danny Kahn mentored him and kind of pushed him through through what it is to be like more of like a production brewer, not just doing five gallons at a time. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool thing. Danny actually ran Sierra Nevada after that. For, really? For like four years. Okay. Um, so Danny's like a huge guy in the industry and just like a really cool mentor for Brandon. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I saw too is like the charity event. I mean, not charity event. The charity you guys actually have too. So how did that come about? Like, what was the? I sure. guess I, yeah. yeah. So um, there's two. Uh, the first one that we really started working with was Jefferson Center for Mental Health. Okay. They're a they're a Colorado um, organization that I mean they employ like 800 people, but it's all through like Medicaid and Medicare. So it's like it is a nonprofit organization. Um, but they really have like a huge footprint in Colorado for helping people with uh, mental issues. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so and we started we started pretty small with just hosting some like charity events here with them. Um, like on Colorado Gives Day, it's like you know they just try to like build money through donations. And so we hosted that, and then now it's kind of evolved into an ongoing beer partnership where we have a beer that's called Better Together. 
and that beer, a portion of all the proceeds from every time we brew it go to JCMH, which is really neat because then it's not just like once a year we, you know, send them a check for what is a donation where it is like we constantly send them donations from each batch that we brew for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about like the flagship beers here too. So I know we were talking a little bit like like the fruit left was the one I had last night. Yeah. I thought this one was the the New England you guys have. The East Coast Transplant? No, this was actually the... the, uh, pay it forward, yeah. yeah. I I almost thought it was coriander in here for a long because it has like that like really like citrusy like fruit taste to sure. it. Sure. So I want to talk a little bit about your favorite beers here. Yeah, well, um, I'm definitely like a sessionable kind of guy. I like to have multiple beers throughout the day okay. and not just like a couple big ones. Right. So I usually aim for some of our lower ABV beers. Um, actually, the one that I'm drinking right here, this is single by choice, which is. Um, a single hopped beer and when we first started brewing the beer we rotated the hops each time we brewed it so we've done like citra motueka Osaka, amarillo Rakao, like and a bunch of these hops like mainly just the Rakao that i just mentioned we haven't ever brewed with before so we keep the same grain bill and brew the beer the, the same that we always will and we dry hop it the same but switching out the hops each time okay. but then it keeps it at five percent so it's been really cool for like, I think we've done nine single by choice with, with different hop varietals that um, is like a really cool way to showcase the individual hop. Nice. If that makes sense. So we're not switching out anything except for Yeah, the you're hop. like keeping like the hop character too in West Yeah, like, yeah, I like Like that. we did Centennial and like that hop tastes like Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's a really cool hop. And then, you know, for me too, it's like, you know, we tasted all these different hops and then we start like, blending them into other beers with, you know, like multiple hop selections. Right. And you can start individually tasting the hops that are in there. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's a good education. And that actually leads me to another thing we were talking about yesterday too, is you guys don't filter anything. Like, if you can tell, like most of your beers have like this like cloudy complexion to it, which is great. I hazy love it. would be like the, the hazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is another thing. Like, so I'm gonna say like, so I know, for instance, like regular IPAs and stuff like that, usually they're more clear, say like you're too hard to bell or something like that. So any particular reason why you guys don't filter them out? You know, um, I, you know, I don't know, like more than just letting everything stay in the beer. Um, I, I don't have like a real answer for that. That would be something more for the brewers to touch down yeah, on as a question. Like, um, but kind of going with that whole like New England style, hazy, dry hopped beer, like, it's actually harder to keep the haze in the beer, like period, like beers will fall out. Right. And so filtering it, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like, I like, I like it actually. It's definitely not a lot. I wish more people did that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you said you were originally from California, right. which is why I said California in the beginning, by the way. Yeah, so what made you want to settle down and like, you know, cause I know you're a partner here now too. Yeah. So what got you really here? Well, it was, uh, it was, it was a, a few different industries, honestly, before this that kind of led me to Colorado. I sold fine art in Vegas for three and a half years. Awesome. We were in like, the Bellagio and Aria, Venetian, like high five-figure, six-figure artwork. Nice. And, you know, like suit and tie. I'm a Cali skater punk and like <laughs> just, I don't know, I don't really feel like, I, like I'm an artist myself, but I don't really feel like that industry kept me like involved the way that I wanted it to. Right. And so I actually ended up doing like a two-month, 3,800-mile solo road trip. And I drove from Vegas through Utah and out to Colorado, and I was like, yo, I'm going to find a place that I want to call home. And then my search was super short. I, like, drove down Old Old Wadsworth, which is, like, the, or 
Wadsworth, which is like the main one of the main thoroughfares to get you from like Denver up to Boulder. Okay. Um, and uh, I drove through Old Town Arvada, and I was like, dude, this is it. Like the energy here, and like you you have that like sense of small community, right. which is something that I was aiming for after coming from Vegas, where it's like you meet a hundred thousand people more a year and you don't remember, you know, or you don't have the friendships that you're really aiming for. Like when I walk up and down these streets here, I like, oh, what up Chris? Or, you know, like right. you just know everybody in town. And that's, that's what I was aiming for and like having that real sense of community and doing it through beer now too which is super sweet and so i actually came here yesterday i fell in love with the environment already so like just like the culture here you can tell it's like really like chill and laid back yeah oh uh, another thing i was thinking of too was like what separates you guys from let's say like the rest of denver when the beer scene because i know there's a lot of competition out here with that. there's a lot of competition but there's a lot of collaboration as well so um you know one thing like east coast transplant we brewed that beer right like about two months before we opened it wasn't intended to be a flagship beer it was just like a double ipa that was hazy and juicy and then people started catching on to that beer specifically which kind of turned our whole portfolio into being like that hazy hoppy house nice so hazy hoppy and then like also sours our sour program is pretty cool and we're we're doing more with like barrel aging them this year as well and like rum and tequila barrels and doing all that as well so it's like hazy hoppy sour um but as far as you know where it takes like what it takes to stand out in Colorado is like, it's, it's, it's highly competitive, you know, but like what we've done is we've just honestly kept our head down and just keep doing what we want. And then the consumer base has like just grown and grown rather than like brewing beers for people's style. Okay. We're actually just brewing kind of, like what we want to drink. You guys are kind of like making your own lane there, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean like we're, we're real tight with like the Weldworks crew, our, our homies up at, um, in Frisco, out of range, and then um, you know Cerebral and Four Noses. Like, there's a there's a, a group of us that all just like love each other's products, and we, we you know we work together as much as we can. I mean, we would like let them have 60 pounds of hops that they need to dry hop for their beer that day, and then they get it back to us, and like vice versa. Like we're it's constantly working together is like the main goal for like a lot of these breweries. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the one, the double IPA releasing today. Yeah. Also, Paul. So um, Paul originally Paul is a Vermont Pale Ale. It's five percent, um, and I don't know. It has just like a mild like cult following. Um, cult, okay. Cult's not like the real word to use, but like people like lose it when they when they know that we're brewing that beer. Oh, okay. And so it's a seasonal beer, and we we brewed it three times this summer. And so it was like, where could we like take it next for this fall? Cause we're gonna like discontinue till next year, the pale ale. So we brought Paul back as a double IPA. So eight and a half percent, it's a monster. Like again, moving back to like the beers I like to drink and the beers I want to drink, eight and a half is a big boy. Eight and a half is a lot of yeah. beef. That beer, <laughs> yeah. Especially it's on filter too. So you can like taste like all the flavors from it. Which, yeah. yeah Here, let me, grab a, let me grab a can right there. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Shout out to everybody watching this right now. We're live from uh, Arvada, Colorado. <laughs> so Paul's pretty cool. I don't know if you can see this. It's basically a random deer with sunglasses. Also Paul. <laughs> yeah, super fun beer. Label's even cooler. 
We got like t-shirts made and everything nice. like early in the summer, but yeah. So this is really, I like the can art. I like the like, uh, artwork for it. Yeah, you want to say something? Ah, yeah, man, actually. Open it up. A quick question for yeah. uh, Do you guys distribute anywhere else? Just Colorado. Colorado? And that's going to be our main focus. Yeah, we have like a few, like Tavor is like an online beer ordering program where they'll ship beer to you. Um, and like, so we'll ship them beer and then they have their user base that okay. buys. But so outside of that, like, we've been in discussions with some other states, but we're honestly like always trying to just make sure that we have enough beer for our own market, let alone like outside markets. So, I mean, it's sometimes it's pretty tough because we'll, we'll do like 300 case run of East Coast on a Monday and it's like totally sold out on Thursday. Wow. You know, and so like we're, we're like, we're like brewing so often just to try and maintain our 350 accounts in Colorado. Like adding a whole new state is like... That's a lot, yeah, that's a lot of logistics that go into stuff like yeah. that because you have to, yeah, because I know a friend of mine, he, uh, he opened one up in Indiana and he's from Michigan, so he got the distribution license between the two states. Indiana doesn't really have that much of a beer scene, but Michigan does. Totally. It's going to be, yeah, can't wait for that. It's, it's, yeah. I know, it's crazy how many, like, breweries are actually out here in Colorado. It's like, I think recently it was like 417. I think it's like, like top five in the country or something like yeah. that at least, yeah. It goes back and forth between us and Cal California because, like, California has more breweries, but we're more concentrated, so, like, per capita. Yeah. So that, uh, I think, uh, Oregon's up there, too. Yeah. Michigan's up there, a couple other places. Dude, people like craft beer. It is. It's, yeah. like, it's a ridiculous market. I've been trying to push that on people. Like, this is the thing. AB thought it was a fad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Guess it's really not, huh? <laughs> right, yeah, let's, uh, let's try this thing. Yeah, it's really, let me grab a glass. Cool. Wanna say hi to the camera real quick? Yo. Yo, what's, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Getting them photos in. <laughs> Joe, you wanna hop in for a sec? Sure? Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Medium head, you can tell it's carbonated. I like this already. All right, sir. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. You can, like, barely taste 8% too. It's got, like, that right. So you can tell it's like very like medium light carbonated, kind of nice head to it. Still got that like hazy like stay. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, Love it almost know. tastes like a New England. <laughs> yeah, I know the whole New England, like Vermont, all of that. Like it's now just our house. We're we're gonna be moving away from calling things by the origin, right? More than just calling it our dub version of a double IPA. That way you kind of have like stand out a little bit. Yeah, that. I mean when everything we do is all like that stuff New England Vermont it's like now just any IPA or pale ale or whatever it is actually I think this is one of the first cans that we removed the actual like New England Vermont right so it just says double IPA I think I know like a lot of things in Michigan they just came out we have one called M43 by Old uh, Old Nation okay uh, it's had, it's like the first like big New England that actually came from Michigan and people just started losing their minds over it. Right. And then now that you know it's becoming a style out there. So yeah, this is like I said, that's like where I'm starting to get used to a little bit more because not this was not a thing like a couple years ago to like have it unfiltered like that. Right. 
yeah, also, again, it was a fad. You know, people, right. people like, are, everyone's, honestly, I feel like most breweries are trying to brew that style of beer. You, you usually find one on most people's portfolios. Oh, absolutely. Point, That's special. I think wasn't in uh, judging guy the BJCP guidelines and stuff like that. They just added New England there, like, not right. too long ago. Yeah. Because it's starting to catch on a lot more. Well, and it's crazy because the BA is right here in Boulder. Really? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, like, they had seen it being, like, such a big impact into, like, portfolios on most, like, brewery programs. And then, so it was, like, two years in. Now it's part of the guidelines, you know? Right. We submitted uh, Paul last year to GABF, and uh, it made it through two rounds, even though it was hazy, which is kind of crazy because right. it's, like, almost like an automatic DQ in, like, the pale ale IPA it category. It is, yeah. Like, in, but so it's like, supposed to be completely clear for, like, a pale ale. Like a right. Sierra Nevada, what's the pale ale like? Yeah, Sierra Nevada pale ale. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah the, that was, like, one of my first beers I ever had. Same. My mouth was, like, so <laughs> dry, and I was just, like, super dehydrated waking up the next day. I love that beer just because <laughs> that beer can pair with almost anything. Yeah. And actually, that lead, I, I forgot all about that, actually. Uh, so I know you guys have, like, a whole, like, kind of, like, Spanish, like, like Hispanic-themed, like, menu. To yeah. Do you guys do any food pairing or anything like that with beer? We have... Um, we have, yeah. There are certain beers that taste nice with with like some of our food, you okay. know. Like I think all honestly, like everything tastes pretty tasty with our beer and food. Okay. But as far as like have like, hey, you have to have this taco with this beer. Right. Not so much. I mean, I feel like most people already have their own palates figured out for what they want to drink here. Exactly. So then it's just like, yeah, give me the nachos or give me the you know almost euro taco. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. But talking about the food program, that's been like a ton of work for us here. We've had two executive chefs and nine menus and what we started off with wanting to do was having a tapas menu like spanish tapas right and it just didn't really like take for our environment and like where we are in colorado so we kind of switched that and we went to like worldly culinary tacos which in our like kind of thoughts is that that is a tapa right you know because tapas are like full of like tons of flavors small bites and these tacos are that, you know, we have like a Thai fish taco, which is coconut marinated fish with panko and coconut shreddings fried with like pickled watermelon, radish and kimchi on a tortilla, you know? So it's like kind of like, you guys are like options like flour or wheat or is it all like the same? Um, yeah, well it's actually the, uh, so it's just panko. Okay. Yeah. Panko is like a Japanese, like bread, it's like breaded, um, Japanese breading. Okay. But so the food program has been pretty fun. It's nice. I mean, I, I like basically live here. So like I wanted a food menu that was going to be something that I could eat every day and not feel guilty about. There you go. You know, like <laughs> there's a lot of vegan if, options on the menu. Too, yeah. So Healthy. Yeah. I mean, you had that vegan chorizo. Yeah, bowl the vegan, yesterday. Oh, by the way. Yeah. The vegan chorizo. That's I've never in my life imagined that vegan anything would come out of my mouth. It was actually really good. Just for the record. <laughs> I know. Total carnivore. Total carnivore crushed that dish. Like. And it's healthy, you know. Yeah. It's just like cauliflower pearls and fried kale, and yeah, it was. I saw the kale, and I'm like, oh my god, this is great. And yeah, I, was like, I didn't expect to eat it all like that, but it was, it was good. Put it back. Went back home the next, like for the rest of it, and it was, yeah, it did the job. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Right. And how long have you been with the movement, by the way? Um, so we opened in March of 2016. Okay. I started here in January of 16. Um, honestly, started off as a server, and then kind of worked my way through all of that to became a partner to this day. Get into this year, yeah. It's kind of a big deal. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. Uh, I think that's everything, really. Cool. cool. Sweet. Right. Signing off, this is E-Man Bates with uh, Gavin... Estes. Estes, got you. And you guys have a good one. Well, this will be up uh, soon on my channel.
See it. Cool. That was fun. Got a good, got a guy. Yeah, we got a good. Right. Oh. Let's get you over. You two with a little cheer.